have to be the perfect singer, right. but they have to at least be able to hear the music with their ear to stay in the key. Right. Yeah. So yeah. They, I'm not looking for people to just blow my hair back. I'm just looking for people, first of all. And I've noticed that even when they come in to have an audition with me, I end up praying for them. We end up talking about the Lord. We end up talking about family. So it's not so much all about them singing. It's that connection in the yes. spirit that we get when we're both sitting there talking. Exactly. So they come in hurting and, yep. and, and yep. they just need somebody to talk to. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler, and today we're actually on location. Recently, Dr. Bartholomew Orr, my dear friend who's the pastor at Brown Missionary Baptist Church, was in the studio and on this program, Mid-South Viewpoint, where we talked about the Contending for the Faith Conference being held at Brown April 22nd through April 23rd. Diana Abbott with our bot team is here. We have a booth set up. There's sessions going on. There's a lot of activity. I met a lady from Cleveland, Mississippi that's here, so people have come from all over. As a matter of fact, who I want to introduce you to right now has come from Dallas, Texas. And if you listen to the show recently with Dr. Orr, we talked about the different speakers, and Gay Artbuckle was one of the speakers Gay is here. She's got a table set up where she's got some bling, some some, <laughs> some some merchandise. Some merchandise. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Uh, CDs. Uh huh. T-shirts. T-shirts. Uh, I got a cutting board. I got cups. All of that. Well, it's part of your ministry, Gay, and we just met. Yeah. You've been leading some seminars, some some of the sessions here at the Contending for the Faith Conference. Exactly. So tell me about Gay Artbuckle. Give me a little background. Oh, we. So uh, thank you for this interview. So I'm so excited. Uh, so a little bit about me. I am a singer, a songwriter. I'm a musician. I'm a worship leader. I am also a mother. I am a friend. I love God. I'm a loyalist. I am just excited for this opportunity to be able to speak because that's what I want to do. And I'm also a minister. My class today was to talk on a vibrant music ministry. And it really went well just yeah. to be able to go back and forth with the people right. and hear their concerns. And so it was great. Well, what were some of those concerns? Some of them were, how do we move forward in this pandemic? Some of them are trying to figure out exactly how do we get our church back together as far as the choir is concerned? Do we continue with praise and worship and that's it? Or do we just keep at a place of I don't know. It's a newness. It's a re, it's a new thing that's happening. It's now. kind of redirected us, hasn't it, Gay? The way church does ministry, as you said, choirs because choirs when they sing, they shout out to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And there was concern in the early part of this pandemic. Yeah, choirs could be infecting members of each other because of the projection, you know, and everything. Exactly. So I know it's a big concern. It's a huge concern, especially for those who have small churches and they're trying to see how do we get our people back in churches and then how do we as minister musicians, choir members, musical uh, 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 individuals in the church as far as dancing, how do we get that back incorporated again? And then how do we put those things together to bring something new and fresh? Let's back up if we can and talk about your faith journey. When did what Jesus Christ do on the cross impact your life? At what point in your life? 
You know, I've been going to church for years as a little girl, and uh, it wasn't the same as a little girl like I am today. When I really, truly gave my life over to the Lord, I was in college, and I decided to make a decision. Like, today, I am so tired of going back and forth and weeble-wobbling, and I said, you know, I'm going to give my life to Christ. It's been years now, but I will say now it's the best thing that I ever could have done. And not so much because I sing, but because my heart is really geared toward the Lord. And I know where I am today is because of him. Well, what about your parents? What type of family life did you have growing up? I had a good family life. My mother was actually a musician of our church. My grandmother was a musician. So I ended up getting all those things. It's in your blood. It's in my blood, for sure. (laughs) And so my brothers, they didn't get it. But uh, they they sing. Okay, one brother sings well, the other one doesn't. But for me, I grew up in church. I've always learned how to sing. We had church service in the morning. Then we had BTU, those who know about that. Then we had night service. Then we had musicals. So I was always at church. I didn't understand about staying at home. Let's go back to the topic of vibrant music ministry. What does the word vibrant mean to you? Energetic and spirited. That is huge because when we're talking about something that's illuminated, uh, we're talking about bringing the people back to the ministry because it's new. What we did before the pandemic, we don't do that now. Yeah. So we've got we're in a new area in a new space, and in that we've got to learn how to do new things. In that definition of being vibrant, can we also talk about being anointed? Because you know, I think about singing, and I was having this conversation with a music minister recently that you can take a piece of sheet music and you can give it to a couple different singers Uh but if that singer is not anointed if they're not singing for the glory of christ there's a difference in the dynamic of that music isn't there i believe so i think everybody brings something to the table so even if you're not the best singer if you're not the best dancer if you're not the best musician you still bring god with you so it has to do with whatever you practice at home your worship that is being in prayer that is constantly being in relationship with the lord actually speaking to the lord as he speaks to you and then you can bring that what god has given you to the forefront to the church so it won't be a new thing for you i do this at at home so you get a chance to watch me in person yeah what are some of the biggest struggles let's not talk about the pandemic side of it which i know is a big part Mm -hmm. but just aside from the pandemic just a minister of music trying to lead a vibrant music ministry what are some of the challenges to that Mm, that's such a great question. I think at times we may be fall into always secure in what God has called us to do. I think some of the struggles may be you're saying we're all going to do this and you have pushback from other members and you know what God has told you to do. But because sometimes we may fall into trying to please people. So the struggle is, do I follow people or do I follow God? Ooh, I like what you said about our identity or being secure in what you believe God's called you to. Because mm-hmm. I think and we see that a lot, I think, in the church sometimes if we forget our identity First of all, our identity in Jesus Christ, in in that identity as he calls us Mm -hmm. to different ministries, and we are assured of that calling, then we have to walk by faith, don't we? That's it. And I think we're, we're all unique. And so the word says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. So all of us are made differently, but it's it's still Christ created us who we are. So in our uniqueness, that's what we give. So I can't be in Alabama. I can't be in California. I can only be in Texas. I'm only one person. Yeah. So what God has given me to do in that arena right then and there, yeah. my uniqueness yeah. is going to bring, even if they don't join church that day, it's yeah. 
they, at least they gain a relationship with the Lord. Yes. Take me back into some of the early days and times with your grandmother. You, you remember the first time you saw her leading worship or teaching you maybe to sing a song from the church? Oh, Am I taking well, you back too far? Yeah, but no, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, um, did you have a regular interaction and contact with your grandmother growing up? I remember up? playing for my, my grandmother's church at times. We'd, she'd have musicals, and I'd play the organ. Man, I'm just remembering that. That is so good. And so she played the piano, and she had a high-rise piano at her house, at her home. And during the holidays, we would sing during Christmas and during Thanksgiving. And I remember learning the hymns while she was there. So when you took me back there, I remembered that. And when if I got it wrong, she'd be like, ah, that's not it. <laughs> so do you remember maybe one of her favorite hymns that she taught you or that you sang growing up? I did sing growing up. I don't remember what her favorite song was. I just knew that she loved God yeah. and she loved hymns. Yeah. How about your mom, too? You said she was also leading worship. Obviously, it was an influence. Both of these ladies must totally. have really impacted you. Yeah. Uh, in church ministry. You know, and it's interesting because sometimes you see those children of ministers, whether it be a pastor or a music minister, they get a bad taste because they see sometimes the bad side mm-hmm. of ministry. Did you see, obviously people, are, you know, are human. Yes. And there is a human side that comes out sometimes. Exactly. You know? Did that ever discourage you to want to follow Christ in ministry? I don't think I got discouraged. I just couldn't understand why people possibly acted the way that they did. And then, as I say, we're none of us are perfect. And so growing up in church, it helps you to understand that people are people wherever they may go church or if they work at the store. Uh, and it didn't discourage me. I just felt like maybe as a kid. Why? But now when I realize and I talk to people, sometimes people's childhood or, you know, how they grew up, they just couldn't manage it. Yeah. And uh, so I'm much better now with that. Yeah. You mentioned also, of course, you're a songwriter. What inspires you to write songs? My life. There are times my prayer time, devotional time, and sometimes there are scriptures that just pop out and I can get like the vamp of a song and then sometimes I can get the verse of a song. Yeah. So in reading God's word, I can find both of those. Walk us through some of that. I mean, walk me through maybe something recently that through God's word just popped off the page and you knew that was a song. Well, one song that I wrote was called This Is The Day. And as this is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. My favorite verse is 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. Uh, Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. That's in the song too as well. I've always liked to do songs that were scriptural because they help you remember scripture too. Yes. Uh, so as you continue to read God's word and you're like, if I'm getting up to speak, I hear the song, the melody in my head, and then I can speak it. Those scriptures like that. And then the continuous of the song goes, this is the day God's made. It just keeps going. This is the day God's made for me. This is the day God's made. And it just continues to go on. I love that. It's beautiful. So mostly when you're writing or thinking about a song, it's the words that come down first, or is it the melody that comes down first? Or is it both? It, it, it's, it can be both. Yeah. It can be both. Sometimes it's just a one line. Yeah. And then I build from the one line, and then I create a verse. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you talked about playing the organ, and we're talking about Hammond. Uh, Hammond C3 LB3. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not a musician. Okay. But I love the sound of that Hammond. Mm-hmm. You know? 
That Leslie speaker oh, over there. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. You're talking about some sound. So did that just come natural for you? Was it difficult to play the organ? Well, I actually played by ear. I did take a little piano lessons, but it didn't work a little bit because I already played. If I did not play at all, it'd probably be different. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, I played piano, keyboard. I started doing drums for a little bit, but then I stopped. And I was like, I'm good. Doesn't it say in Psalm 151 where it talks about let everything that has breath. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Yes. And then it starts going through and naming different instruments. Yeah. And let, and let those instruments, the high-sounding cymbals yeah. and, and the lyre, all the, you know, David, King David. Yeah. Didn't he play what, something called a lyre? Yeah. I always call it a lyre. lyre. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. See, right. there you go. Okay. I'm not the music No, one. no, no, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. I, the thing about that, I think if everybody will make a joyful noise, it doesn't matter if you're the best singer, but it's what God hears and it comes from the heart. Yeah. So we could have singers who are, and I've always said, singers come a dime a dozen. Yeah. They can sing very, very well, but if their heart is not toward God, it just falls to the floor. Yeah. Who do you look for to sing in your choirs? What is the character? What do you want to see from an individual? Well, they don't have to be the perfect singer, right. but they have to at least be able to hear the music with their ear to stay in the key. Right. Yeah. So yeah. They, I'm not looking for people to just blow my hair back. I'm just looking for people, first of all. And I've noticed that even when they come in to have an audition with me, I end up praying for them. We end up talking about the Lord. We end up talking about family. So it's not so much all about them singing. It's that connection in the yes. spirit that we get when we're both sitting there talking. Exactly. So they come in hurting and, yep. and, and yep. they just need somebody to to talk to so you mentioned a moment ago about having children how, how many children do you have i have two you have two children how old are they 30 and 27 okay so they've watched mom in music ministry for a while oh for a long time now can we go back those early years teaching them music and, mm. and the- so my son plays drums and my daughter sings. And I remember I wanted her to be on the praise team. And she was like, Mama, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. Now look at her now. She leads worship at another church. I was like, <laughs> you know, but if I told her, remember yeah, you told yeah, me you didn't yeah, want to yeah. do that? Uh-huh. She'd be like, Mom, forget it. You know, so, yeah, they end up following your footsteps. So I just want to be a great example for my kids, too, as well. So they'll know that I not only love God at church, I love God at home yes. and I love them. It's crazy you say that because I have three sons and two of the three, one produces radio programs nationally, does some work in the ministry like I'm doing. Youngest son is the director of video on a church staff. So, you know, they've got the technical side. I love it. Isn't it wonderful? That you know, is. You see your children, they don't have to do exactly what dad or mom is doing, knowing that they love Christ and they want to use the gifts and talents yeah. that he's given them. My kids, where I probably wouldn't go outside the church, that's where they go. And that's where the ministry really is. When people come to church, you already know why they're coming. Yeah. But they get a chance to go outside, talk to friends that I would probably never reach. Yeah. I think that's key, too. I mm-hmm. mean, when we take the ministry to the marketplace, we're called as Christ followers to make disciples of all nations, exactly. of all people. So we can't stay in the inside the church walls too long, you can can't. we? You can't. Yeah. You can't. you got to go out. Yeah. I volunteer at a homeless shelter. It's called Our Calling on Wednesdays. So I lead worship, and it's only for an hour from 8.30 to 9.30. And what I love about that is there is no judgment. I know those people probably will not come inside the church only because they probably feel uncomfortable. So I get a chance to take Jesus to them. Okay. And so it's amazing. It's a, a nice facility. Yeah. And 
now it's when I first got there, I was like, oh, what's going on? Because it was COVID yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah. But now when I go there, it's like, hey, there she is. So I'm their friend. Oh, you built that relationship. <laughs> exactly. Because you're not just coming one or two times. They see the consistency. Every Wednesday. And that, oh, every, that makes such a difference, you know, in their life. And usually when you go to minister in a situation like that, you get the bigger blessing, right? Oh my gosh! When I tell people, I don't, I don't even take pictures of. But when I tell people, hey, today I got to go over here. I love doing it. Now I have sung on stages around the world, big stages, and I'm not telling the Lord to take that away. Lord, hear me out. But I am saying because I get an opportunity to go to a place that I would normally never not go. It blows my mind to know that these people are getting God. I sing to them like I would to five thousand or six thousand. It doesn't matter to me. Amen. I love it. Wow, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, so we didn't talk about that. So you've traveled the world. I have. What are some of the places you had opportunity to do ministry? Right before the pandemic, I went to Israel. Did you go to Israel? I did. What year was that? This was uh, right when the pandemic hit. So this is 20. We came back in March when the pandemic hit. Okay. We were getting off the plane, and that's when they were shutting down everything. Oh, my goodness. Well, see, 2018, we took the Bot Radio Network planned two educational Bible tours to Israel, and they asked me, would you like to go take video and pictures? And I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, But on the second trip, Dr. Orr, Bartholomew Orr, who's pastor here at Brown yes. Missionary Baptist Church, and his wife, Valerie, they went with us okay. uh, on the trip, too. So I had a chance to experience Israel with Dr. Orr and Valerie and watch That's him baptize wonderful. some of those in our group in the Jordan River. I got baptized, too. Did, did you really? I did. Oh, it was my. cold. <laughs> that water's cold. It is. Hey, did you get nipped by those little fish? I did not. There's these little fish. I don't know if they're all the time, but these little fish will come up and kind of bite you. Not not bad, but kind of nip on your legs, you know? Yeah. Maybe I was so in the spirit, too. Yeah. I was like, maybe I felt that was the Holy Ghost. I don't know. Well, maybe, you know, <laughs> I was actually, again, I was taking video, and so I was trying to capture the moment from the, our friends being baptized. Mm-hmm. And so I'm stepping into the water with my camera on a little tripod thing that I can use to try to get close and make it steady. Mm-hmm. Dr. Orr baptized the last person in our group. And I turned, and I actually had my cell phone, not this one that I'm looking at right now, but another cell phone, mounted on top because we were trying to stream the video back to the state so family members could watch their loved ones being baptized. Uh And as I turned, the phone flipped off of the mount and went into the Jordan River. Oh, goodness. I locked eyes with Valerie Orr, who was standing on on the bank there, and she said, pull it out and shake it off. And I did. And you know what? That cell it phone, working. it would never stop working. Oh, good. He got baptized in the Jordan and it, <laughs> it still worked. <laughs> That's good. What stood out to you when you went to Israel? You know, first to be there stood out like I am really in Israel because I'd always wanted to go. But I think the most that got me, it was really getting baptized. I had an opportunity to do that. You hear, you read it in the Bible, but it's like now it's me. I'm in a place where Jesus walked that alone. And then as they were explaining all the information and giving us uh, all the background and all that, you just go, this is the place. I don't see this on TV. It's not in a movie. I am actually in this place. And so you got to sing while you were in Israel? I did. I sung on the, uh, the Red Sea, too. My goodness. On the boat. Traveled to Israel and did ministry. Where else in the world have you been? I've done Germany, Africa. I did it for, um, we built homes over there. Where was okay. this in Africa? We actually traveled different places in Africa. So it wasn't just one place. So, so we have done homes. a particular ministry you were building homes with? Concord, yeah. Okay. Uh, we had a mission uh, We have a mission at the church, and so I went with them also to sing as well while we're there. Okay. So I was that one. Was there anything different about singing in other nations? 
for me, I remember they had like a ceremony. We were in Africa and these people, they sung nonstop. Whereas here at home, we do praise and worship maybe like 10 or 15 minutes. It was nonstop. They were sweating. They were praising the Lord and they never got tired jumping, singing. That right there is so impressed me. That said to me, we think we really worshiping over here in the States, but over there can't beat it. And, you know, we can't get anybody in a praise service to lift <laughs> our hands up or clap or. And I'm not just talking about an emotional fest. I'm just talking about praising Jesus. Yeah. It's either too long or we've got to move it along. Because yeah. we're either streaming or something like that. But to be at a place where you like, I get to stay here in this moment for a long time. There is no time limit. And it's nothing wrong with that because everything has to be decent and in order. Right. But the fact that you can be in a place where people almost forget about what's going on around them. These people are poor. They uh, need food. You know, we had shoes and they had told us bring shoes because they want shoes. Yeah. We've worn these shoes forever. You give it to them, it's like they're brand new. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah that's that amazing. That is beautiful. You said something that made me think, before we bring our worship into church service, shouldn't we be bringing our worship in our own closet at home and worshiping the Lord? I agree. I agree. I think it's it's important. I know for me, I've got to make sure that I'm spending that time with the Lord because I don't want to get embarrassed either. Yeah. He's like, who is that? <laughs> She's lifting her hand, but I don't know who that is. But, yeah, I definitely want to make sure that I'm spending that quality time. And I think people think to spend time with the Lord that they have to be always on their knees. They don't. Yeah. You can't drive your car being on your knees. That's right. You know, you can't be at work on your knees. Yeah. You can just have just that conversation. Just, Lord, now today I need you to walk with me. Now today, I mean, we don't have to be, oh, we don't have to be there all the time. It's a communication. It's like a friendship. Exactly. If you talk to somebody every day, you need to talk to the Lord every day. Hey, man, I love that. Even if we're like you say, taking a, a walk, let it become a prayer walk, you know, exactly. have those reflective time to seek the Lord. And I, I like what you said, too, about connecting the word of God with the music, because it's beautiful when you hear the words you know, mm-hmm. uh, of God put the song. Yeah. And I think as because I lead worship, I get a chance to see the people as they lifting their hands. At one point, they weren't connected. You know, their hands probably were right here by their shoulders. Then all of a sudden I come back the next Sunday, it's raised by their ear. Then by the time I come the next Sunday, they realize, OK, I think it's OK to lift my hands. That's <laughs> yeah. that freedom. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, let's remind our friends, we're here at Brown Missionary Baptist Church at the Sweeney Road location. There's actually the Contending for the Faith conference it just kicked off and i came out and met gay and i just wanted to share her ministry with you now if folks want to know more about how to get in touch with you you're based out of dallas i am and you can go to my website which is gayarbuckle.com i'm on social media on facebook you can find me there on instagram and on twitter and you've got cds i do have cds here you can come and support the ministry people listening right now want to go online can they order these things online from you they can order they can get my music on apple Apple. Yeah. Okay, so that's like, or buckle. Okay, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have to say goodbye. Aww, God bless you. Bless you, back. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. As always, thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.
love you for the bad 